Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Report says North Carolina saw a spike in abortions since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Here, why some say it shows our state is becoming an abortion destination. And hear what Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson has to say about the 2024 governor's race. WRL News is next. Your number one source for local news. WRL News. Coverage you can count on. Oh, we are less than half an hour away from tip-off in tonight's Battle of the Blues Round 2. You're looking live outside the Dean Dome where fans are pouring in as we speak. So many people are going to show up tonight. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chris Lovingood. Duke and UNC will wrap up their regular season with tonight's game and the stakes. Oh, they are so high for the Tar Heels tonight. Headlining our team coverage are WREO sports anchors Casey Hintz and Chris Lee, as well as WREO's Lewis Fernandez and Brett Neese. But we begin with a look at what's at stake tonight with Lewis. Hey, Chris. Yeah, if you exclude the 2021 COVID-19 pandemic year, when UNC and Duke have met, they have both failed to be ranked only twice since 1960. Both those occurrences have been in the past month and a half. Now, even though this isn't some top five ACC showdown, it doesn't mean there's still not a lot to play for. It's the Battle of the Blues, after all. You've probably heard the story at this point. UNC lost in the national championship game, started as the preseason number one team, and needs this win against Duke for an NCAA tournament berth. Since the tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985, every preseason number one has made the big dance. The fans here know what's at stake. I saw this, this day on the calendar two months ago. I circled it, but not until a week ago was I feeling nervous, but... I'm 10 feet outside the dome. I think as soon as I get in, it's going to be a mindset change. Win here, keep going, make the tournament, get off the bubble. No one wants to see us in March. It's more dire this year, but these Carolina players are used to being between a bubble and a hard place. You learn a lot about yourself in situations like these and whether you're going to sit down and keep fighting. No game is played in a vacuum. The regular season finale last year gave Mike Krzyzewski a not-so-fond farewell from Cameron Indoor. The players are aware of what a win would do. For us to have the opportunity to shut down their season uh, at their place, you know, that would that would definitely be a a, a good feeling for us. And I mean, they're gonna definitely fight. There's a lot of nervous energy, but both UNC and Duke believe they are playing their best basketball now that the calendar has turned to March. Chris. You got to see a light blue walking behind you. Of course, we'll be watching very closely. Luis Fernandez live at the Dean Dome. Thanks, Luis. Intentions are high over on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. We're giving you a live look at fans preparing to catch the game with hopes to do the iconic rush to the road tonight. WRL's Brett Neese joins us live from Franklin. And Brett, what exactly is the energy there right now? Yeah, Chris, you can just tell that the energy is starting to build, that anticipation as top of the hill starts to fill in a little bit here, but let's take a look over at Franklin Street itself. We have a great vantage point here 
for Franklin Street and you can see all that Carolina blue that's out there. We had some video from down at street level from earlier as well. Just showing you that these fans, they are out, they are proud and they are ready for this game. Some fans traveling here from several hours away. We came three hours away to do it. We got a hotel, we're ready to go. North Carolina, they better get it tonight. So we will have just such a great vantage point here of Franklin Street. We know it will be packed if UNC gets that big win. I know a lot of these fans, they, that's what they're cheering for. That's what they're hoping for. we got WRL's Michael Grace, though, over in Durham. Michael, you're taking a look at uh, Duke fans and keeping an eye on what they might be up to tonight. Yeah, that's... That's right, Brett. We're going to be hanging out at the Navigator tonight here in Durham. You know, these rivalry games, they say tradition never graduates. Certainly the case here tonight. The Duke Alumni Watch Party headquarters right here should be a good one. We'll see if any of these fans revert back to the college days watching this big game. But for now, we're going to send it back to Chris in the studio. All right, thanks, Michael. We know you guys are all following this out there today. And, folks, we are just getting started with our Battle of the Blues team coverage. Don't miss the highlights and reaction from the fans, plus analysis from our team that you won't get anywhere else. We'll be live again at 10 o'clock on Fox 50 and 11 on WRAL. Two people are in critical condition tonight because of a crash on Penny Road in Cary. Police say only one car was involved in this crash near 1010 Road around 3 o'clock this afternoon. Now, WREL has learned a woman driving appeared to have suffered a medical emergency, and that led to her losing control of the car. That car ran off the road and crashed into a tree. The driver and another woman passenger were also taken to the hospital. We have breaking news we're following. We are working to learn more about a crash in Wake County. This ended on Holly Springs near Hill Road, near Friendship Road. We're still going that. Again, it's in Holly Springs, and we're trying to confirm the circumstances leading up to this crash and whether anyone was hurt. Stay with us on that story. And WREL has also confirmed the names of two people killed in a car crash in Harnett County. The crash also sent a deputy to the hospital. The sheriff's office says 65-year-old Brian Finch and 64-year-old Patricia Finch were in a truck when they crossed in front of that deputy on NC-210 at the Ray Road intersection. Both were from Minnesota. The deputy had their lights and siren on when this happened and at last check is in the hospital in critical condition. A new study shows North Carolina saw the biggest jump in abortions performed of any state in the country after Roe v. Wade was overturned. WREL's Keenan Willard has been breaking down the numbers. And Keenan, you've been speaking with people on both sides of this issue. Chris, I have, and as you can imagine, drastically different responses to the fact that it appears across the state more patients are coming into clinics like this one. And here is what we are talking about. This was a report commissioned by this advocacy group. It's called uh, the Society of Family Planning. They did a study called We Count, and it tracked the number of abortions done two months before the Roe decision and two months after in every state in the U.S. It found from April to August last year, North Carolina saw a 37% jump in the total number of abortions performed, the most of any state. Abortion providers in North Carolina say they're seeing some strain on their resources from that increase in patients, but this is what they were prepared for after the Supreme Court's decision last year. We really have risen up as a critical access point for essential abortion care in this post-Roe moment. Now, abortion opponents are calling the report tragic. They say it shows more patients are traveling to North Carolina for abortions from out of state 
coming from areas with stricter regulations. Right now, North Carolina allows abortions to be performed up to 20 weeks of pregnancy. Some anti-abortion advocates say this report shows the need for a heartbeat bill, which would outlaw abortion in most cases after just six weeks. We believe that North Carolina has become the destination for abortion for women around the South, and we'd like to put a stop to that. Now, we wanted to find out, does this report truly show that more patients are traveling to North Carolina and it's becoming a destination for abortion care? We dove deep into these numbers and we'll have more tonight at 10 and 11 on the WRL Evening News. Chris. And we, of course, covered stories before where people have traveled across coming to get abortions here in our state. Keenan Willard reporting live in Raleigh. Thank you, Keenan. Today, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson made some of the strongest statements so far, suggesting that he will run for governor in 2024. Let me tell you something about want. Want is not what is standing in front of you. Sometimes when you're doing the right thing, it's tough out here on this old road. The media comes after you. Sometimes your own party comes after you, but you got to keep going. Robinson spoke at the conservative political action conference outside Washington, D.C., and if he entered the race for governor, it could set up a fight against presumptive Democratic nominee, Attorney General Josh Stein. Last month, he announced plans to run. Robinson will also deliver the Republican response to Governor Cooper's State of the State address. The governor will give that address Monday night at 7 before a joint session of the legislature. Robinson will respond right after the governor's speech, and you can watch it and our coverage afterward on WRAL-TV and on WRAL News Plus. And you can get WRAL News Plus wherever you stream, on the WRAL News app and on WRAL.com. It's also available on Channel 34 and Spectrum Channel 1257. You can also listen to it on the radio. Just go to 99.3 in Raleigh, 96.5 in Durham, and 101.5 HD3 across the entire triangle. Every week, fentanyl kills dozens of people in our state. Today, families of victims came together to offer support, and just ahead, they share their stories in hopes of finding solutions. Plus, Raleigh delayed a major construction project. We are going to explain what's causing the holdup at Hillsborough Street and Blue Ridge Road. Anthony? And Chris, it has certainly been a beautiful start to the weekend. In fact, the golfers are taking advantage of it out there at Pinehurst this evening. We'll talk about our forecast as we head throughout the rest of the weekend if we have some warmer temperatures on the way coming up. I want you to process something. Eight North Carolinians die each day from fentanyl poisoning. And today, more than 40 families came together to lean on each other and learn at the Public Safety and Justice Conference. WREO's Monica Casey shares their stories. These are the lives cut short by fentanyl. Mothers, sons, fathers, and daughters. Ages 26, 50, 31, and 19. Barb Walsh is the founder of the Fentanyl Victims Network of North Carolina. Fentanyl poisoned her 24-year-old daughter, Sophia. Walsh organized the event to support families like hers. And other people who'd lost a child to fentanyl or a loved one, they shouldn't stand alone. And I felt like that we would all be stronger if we stood together. January 1st. 2021, I lost my son, Jerry Jeffrey Sidner Jr. Jessica Guyant's son was her best friend. He leaves behind multiple children. And I'm here today to learn more about this drug because I want to save a life. Machiko Duff's daughter was killed by fentanyl. She was left alone 
She was 23 years old. She has a six-year-old little girl that is left behind. Duff is joined by her other daughter and granddaughter calling for awareness and justice for victims. But we're asking the public to stand with us, to speak out. If you see something, say something. The group here today wants to see fentanyl awareness speakers in all middle and high schools in North Carolina. Monica Casey, WRL News in Raleigh. A major Raleigh construction project that will shut down a busy intersection near the state fairgrounds for months is postponed. Crews were planning to start work at the intersection of Blue Ridge Road and Hillsborough Street this weekend, but the DOT has postponed that work because of weather. No word yet on when the new start date will be. The plan is to make Blue Ridge Road pass beneath Hillsborough Street, the railroad tracks and Barrel Road. The DOT says it's all part of a larger construction plan to make the intersection safer for people attending nearby events. All right, moving over now to meteorologist Anthony Baglione. And I just, I'm, I'm jealous looking at the view behind you. It's a beautiful day outside, but we have to be here and deliver the very important news. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everyone has a job to do, but we, uh, I, I went out for a walk earlier, which was really nice. So we kind of got some of that time in Doppler and myself, my beagle who enjoyed loving, just sniffing everything with all the sunshine out there. It is a beautiful picture. This is our Pinehurst camera. You can see the golfers are out taking advantage of it right now, and we're not going to see any issues over over the next couple of hours. In fact, look at the sunset out there. Some of those really high level clouds off in the distance kind of making for that filtered look. Just a beautiful shot out there this evening. Temperatures are still pretty comfortable. We have seen the winds with us today, though. That's kind of been the one negative, if you will, about the, the weather today, and that's going to start to die down as we head into tonight. We sit at 63 in Raleigh, nearly 70 degrees right now. Good evening to you in Fayetteville, checking in at, at 60 at also in South Virginia, 55 in Roxborough. So everyone is comfortable, but look at those wind speeds. They're going to start to die down probably after about midnight. We could see gusts about 15 to 20 here over the next couple of hours, but then they really start to relax into tomorrow morning. What that will do, though, is allow our temperatures to continue to fall tonight, and it will be chilly out the door tomorrow morning. We're at 41 in Raleigh, upper 30s and low 40s for all of us. So if you're headed out to early church services, just having a breakfast or something like that on your Sunday morning, you probably will want the winter coat handy. Into the afternoon, Noon, though, definitely not going to need it. Upper 60s, low 70s. The wind will not be a factor tomorrow. It should be a really nice end to the weekend. If you can make plans tomorrow to head outside and just have lunch, grill, or something like that, it's going to be a great day to do that. We have a couple more days here of temperatures that are above normal. Our normal for this time of year is 60. We're going to be above that tomorrow, on Monday, on Tuesday. Then we get a cold front coming in. That will kind of shake up our pattern a little bit. We've been seeing these above normal temperatures for a, a large chunk of our forecast over the past couple of weeks. We're going to be at 60 on Wednesday, 59 on Thursday. That stretch of relatively cooler weather will continue through the weekend. And when we look here from the Climate Prediction Center, look at how much of the country there is not a single part of the country right now that they are forecasting to see above normal temperatures. And where you see the darker the blue, that means a greater chance of being below normal. So you can see we definitely are looking at probably below normal temperatures here through the middle part of March. So that's going to be a change here, if you will, compared to the warmer weather we have seen. All in all, though, look how calm it is going to be. The next rain chance that I have in the forecast comes in Friday night and Saturday of next weekend. Our Saturday looks like it could be a little bit wet at this point. We'll have to continue to fine tune that. But we're at 72 on our Monday, 76 
on Tuesday. There's the relatively cooler weather, but we have sunshine here across the board, uh, Chris. So it's going to be a very, very good forecast here to head outside and take the dog out. I know again, Doppler's going to love it here this week and, and make plans to be outside. I need to get a dog. All right. Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks, after the break, another check at what's at stake for tonight's Battle of the Blues round two with Casey Hintz. Yeah, Chris, the atmosphere out here is buzzing. You can see the fans behind me heading into the Dean Dome when we come back. Chris Lee will join me and he'll tell us what Duke is going to have to do to deal with this hostile environment. Plus, what the Hills have to do differently here in round two. We got it all coming up next in sports. I wanted to be a, a real nasty win. Um, you know, I just want to have fun. I want Caleb to talk his junk. It's going to be a nasty, nasty game. I mean, I love I love playing in their, in their environment at Dean Dome. Um, it's going to be a great crowd. Uh, I'm just I'm just excited. I mean, definitely been talking talking to the guys about like what to expect. Um, kind of some trash talking here. As the tradition goes, Duke, Carolina, rounding out our regular season right here. Hey, good evening, everyone. I'm Casey. It's alongside Chris Lee. We're coming to you live outside the Dean Dome, where tip-off is just a few minutes away, where the stakes are a little different for both teams, Chris. Yeah, Duke is firmly in an NCAA tournament, so no pressure for them there. North Carolina still needs to make it in, and they need this win to give themselves the best ability, but they already have a little bit of momentum riding a three-game winning streak. Well, so do the Blue Devils. Five in a row, eight of their last ten, starting with that win against UNC. Chris, let's start right there. It was exactly a month ago today when Duke beat North Carolina at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And of course, Duke's players after the game were just talking about how they noticed Carolina's players weren't communicating on defense. So down the stretch, they were able to make plays whenever they wanted to. Well, that could change today. This time around, the Blue Devils will be the ones in the hostile environment here at Smith Center, and they're young and playing a UNC team that's different from a month ago, making it imperative that the Blue Devils don't repeat UNC's mistakes and not communicate on defense. We do great when, when we talk on defense and, and switch and, you know, just communicate. So we just got to keep that up, stay physical, don't really give them um, many open opportunities. One, they've been shooting the ball really well, you know, so you have to be alert of their, their shooting. But then, two, uh, they have pretty good spacing around them. So you need to just battle them and make it difficult. Now, after the first meeting, Hubert Davis wasn't happy about that free throw disparity. I think we all remember he said, I'm just stating the facts. And the facts were that the Heels came in leading the ACC in free throw attempts. That night, they had just three. Well, a big reason for that was because of Duke big man Derek Lively. Remember, he had a career high in eight blocks shots in that one. He was just dominating the paint, limiting UNC on offense in that area. Now the Armando Baycott lively matchup will be key again, but this time around, Baycott says he needs to use his size better to gain contact to counteract Lively's length. Just being more aggressive and more physical because, I mean, like you said, he's pogo stick, 7-1, long arms, athletic, and he got a high motor, so Playing a guy like that is always tough. We have to be persistent. It is still attacking the basket. Um, we have to continue to attack the basket the same ways that we did in the first game and also find some different ways that we can attack to make sure that we get consistent points in the paint and that we do get to the free throw line. It's just a big part of our offense. 
Now, Pete Nance, Justin McCoy, Armando Baycott, and Leaky Black all going through Senior Night tonight. Leaky Black playing in his 153rd game. Well, don't miss our post-game coverage tonight from part two of the Battle of the Blues. We'll be live from right here at the Smith Center at 10 o'clock on Fox 50, then once again at 11 o'clock on WRL. It's going to be a great time. Now, we also had some women's hoops earlier today. Let's get you up to Greensboro. Number three seed, Virginia Tech, uh, taking on two seed Duke in the semifinal. Blue Devils had some momentum early in the first half. Kennedy Brown pulling up from inside the three. Elizabeth Balligan, she would lead all Blue Devil scores, but even Duke's top-notch defense couldn't stop Georgia Amor. 24 points. Duke falls 58-37. Those Blue Devils are also firmly in the tournament, though, so it'll be fun to watch the ladies coming out here, too. Absolutely. Here tonight, though, we're going to be a, it's going to be a lot to watch for. We said it earlier, North Carolina has more pressure on them than Duke. Duke doesn't really have a lot of pressure, so we'll see how that fits with them as both teams are looking ahead to Greensboro. Yeah, and Chris, we'll see you back here tonight at 10 and 11. All right, thanks, Casey. Thanks, Bricks. Next on NBC Nightly News, a new drug that could be life-saving for millions of Americans who suffer from high cholesterol. Then at 7.30, on the record with Medicaid expansion in North Carolina. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.